This is Ace Parenting Together, authentic, connected, and empathic, where we bring you fresh perspectives and ideas about best parenting practices, along with time-tested communication skills to use in real-life situations to help you and your children be your authentic selves, build empathic connections, and thrive in your relationships. Hello, and welcome to Ace Parenting Together, Authentic, Connected, and Empathic. I am Babak Saraje, and I'm here with my co-host, Melissa LaPlante. And so today we are here with our fourth episode, and uh, we've decided to talk a little bit about the elements of effective communication. This is important, of course, in many aspects of life, um, not just parenting, uh, our focus will be on parenting, and we'll bring you some real-life examples to talk about this issue. I wanted to start with uh, asking Melissa, when we communicate with our kids especially, who has the final word? <laughs> that is uh, an age-old question, who has the final word? You know, the problem with what society tells us, you know, for, for parenting, a lot of times you'll have the thought process of control and power. And we've talked about that in previous episodes where if you have as the parent, the final word, the final say, then that means you're in control of a situation and that's that, right? Mm -hmm. um, you know, mm -hmm. the typical, because I said so, um, mm -hmm. and then you feel like, okay, I've got this. The problem with the parent um, having the last word and conversely, the child having the last word is it becomes a power control and then you lose the connection. Right. And nobody wins in that situation because mm -hmm. even when somebody wins control, the losses in the connection between you and the child. So if you're focused on winning a particular argument or winning power over your child um, by using that quote unquote last word, <laughs> it's going to chip away at the relationship and you might see some rebellious behaviors um, in response. Indeed, that's right, that's right. Um, and uh, you know, this is kind of how a lot of the uh, traditional, but also some of the more uh, recent parenting approaches are framed. You know, who has the last word? Because it's it's kind of like a battle, and you try to sort of win that battle. And you know, maybe in the old school, it would be by sort of more overt um, exercise of power and authority. That is a point I think that's important because when you think about it, in also in adult relationships. Um, you know, there's always this tension. Who has the last word? It could be between partners, you know, spouses or adult children <laughs> with their parents. And this is always a tension. Um, in more recent uh, parenting approaches, uh, maybe it's not framed in this way, but lots of times um, we see that, you know, there's sort of this tension still because there's a lot of focus on behaviors and how to shape behaviors, how to change behaviors, how to... Um, uh, basically manage behaviors 
um, through techniques and strategies and hacks and so on. And these are basically ways of getting your word finally, <laughs> you know, uh, sure. maybe in some roundabout ways. And so what, what we would like to uh, also talk about today is how actually not to do any of that. And um, uh, instead of having this sort of power-based approach or win-lose win, win kind of approach, uh, come to a no-lose approach. Uh, you can say win-win, but, you know, winning, I think, is um, creates a little bit of a pressure. So we would actually like to talk about no, not losing. So nobody actually gets overridden. I think that's a good start. And uh, in the process of implementing that, of course, you might eventually feel that this is really a win-win situation. Right. And I want to also make the point, it's really important when we talk about the, the no-lose method, I want to make sure it's clear that it it's not a compromise um, mm -hmm. because when you're compromising, you're still letting go either the child or the parent of a need. So when we say no lose method, what that means is nobody has to let go of their needs being met. And exactly. that's where the creativity right. comes in. Um, it's not coming to a compromise. Exactly. So all parties uh, have a right to have their needs met or actually do what they need to do to have their needs met and have their wishes uh, also taken seriously. So this is uh, something that um, I hope that we will talk more about in also in future episodes. Um, and today I wanted to uh, maybe uh, lead with some examples and talk about you know how you can move away from that power-based approach and instead use elements of effective communication. Um, and a lot of these are things that we discuss in parent effectiveness training. So we should give due credit to, uh, uh, to the people who developed this, especially Dr. Thomas Gordon, um, who was a student of Carl uh, Rogers. And, and so uh, th this, uh, these concepts uh, have also been propagated into other uh, approaches, uh, some of them like active listening and, and uh, I statements, but we, we specifically talk about these, uh, uh, this approach in parent effectiveness training. So um, we were talking before, and you told me uh, about a couple of examples, and maybe um, uh, I'll give you uh, the chance to uh, explain that a little bit more. You know, you and I were, were chatting about active listening and, you know, actually putting it um, into action. And the first example that jumped into my head was um, uh, in the spring, because I have my, my oldest is in her third year of college. And so back in the spring, she um, had FaceTimed me in a panic because it was time to choose her fall classes and she wanted mm -hmm. to make the right choices. And she was pretty much set with most of her classes, except she had a, uh, a chemistry lab choice. She had a mm -hmm. 7 a.m. Uh, three times a week. And with that one, it was going to be one of her close friends that was going to take that chemistry lab. Right. Um, or she had the choice of an afternoon uh, twice a week, but she doesn't know anybody taking that one. And that's how she was explaining it. You know, mom, if I took the seven, you know, Maddie would be in it with me. And, um, you know, then we can be study partners and, you know, um, but the 7 a.m., oh, you know. And then if I take the afternoon, I mean, yeah, I, I don't have to wake up so early, but I don't know anybody. And so my instinct is always to jump, you know, and 
give her my opinion. Um, right, right. So I have to just, you know, check in with myself and remind myself that she is, this is, she owns this problem. Um, <laughs> I'm going to be that reflective mirror for her and active listen. And so um, I jumped into using those, you know, phrases for door opening um, mm -hmm. and, and sounding back to her, you know, gosh, mm -hmm. it sounds like this is a difficult choice. And I said, but it also sounds to me like from the way I hear you, 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 you seem to be leaning more one way. Um, mm -hmm. Am I, am I hearing you right? You know? And the more I reflected that to her, she began to problem solve on her own. I knew right. the right choice was for her to, even though it stinks to wake up early because to have someone you know as a study partner is always uh -huh. going to be beneficial. And she really thrives, you know, on companionship when she studies. So, but I couldn't tell her that because this is not my problem. And then That's by right. solving that, I would be telling her that she can't solve her own problems, which I know she can. So I, again, kept active listening and she kept conversing and she, you know, she said, you know, when I think about it, I actually count the times I'd have to wake up and, you know, 18 times or wherever it was, you know, for the semester. I mean, you can do anything for 18 times. And, <laughs> you know, I mean, I woke up that early for my whole life before coming to college. So it's like not the end of the world. So, you know, and so she was reasoning with herself. She got past the emotional yeah. panic flooding of, um, gosh, I have to make this decision. And then was able to critically think, you know what, I can do this. Um, it's not forever and it's probably to my benefit. So um, that Absolutely. was a really cool situation. Um, to, and she came to the decision herself and I was happy yeah. to be um, active listening for her. Yeah, I really love that, um, the way that you described this in the example itself. It, I mean, it's very common that, you know, um, kids or, or, or we ourselves want, want to make a decision and it's not really helpful for somebody else to come in and tell us what to do or what they think, what's the logic in it, or what's the reasoning behind it, or, you know, or, or tell us, uh, or even like sympathizing, right? So, oh yeah, you're doing such a great job. And it's like, yeah, but you know, I don't actually feel like that, right? <laughs> right now I'm having a problem. I don't feel like I'm doing a great job deciding on this issue. Um, and so I really love the way that you describe that, you know, you, you basically listen to the other person and then reflect what you understand. Um, it's kind of like checking your own understanding, but in the process, they get more and more clear and they can think through. And as you said, you know, if there's some emotional elements, get, um, you know, get clear that out of the way. And then you can do more thinking um, when you're not flooding emotionally. Sure. Um, and so, so these these things that we typically do in communication, even with ourselves or with our friends, with our kids especially, you know, uh, from criticizing or ordering and praising and moralizing or sympathizing, and and something that's really big for me is that I, you know, I, I I'm kind of I have this sort of critical approach, and my daily work uh, is really, um, you know, deals with facts and mathematical equations and things like that. So it's really a, a lot about questioning and probing. And but when it comes to communicating with a person, um, that becomes a roadblock to communication. Yeah, I mean, if you had taken, you know, for example, I, I hear you saying because I, I tend to jump into the questions, and mm -hmm. when you really think about, you know. Why, why would questioning be a roadblock? Well, 
because my questions are to get more information for myself. But again, mm-hmm. this is not my problem to solve. That information is not necessary for me to provide active listening. Um, right. and, and, I, and, and I get stuck with that a lot of times because we just naturally want to know more. Well, okay, so who's teaching the seven? Did yes. you have to see what that professor like? Like, you know, right, and this right. is, I mean, that's a human reaction. Um, yeah. Yeah. But in doing that, you're, you're, putting your own personal opinion and your own spin on the situation. Absolutely. And that's not to say that, for example, if she had come to me with, um, Hey mom, tonight, um, it's so-and-so's birthday and we're going to, you know, should I wear that black dress or the red dress? Okay. I don't need to active right. listen <laughs> when she's asking my opinion about a dress. Yeah, so it's also right. really important to recognize that, if I tried to active listen to her, I would only annoy her in that sense. So that's right. that's when, right. when there is a problem and you sense that they're working through a problem, that's when you jump into that, you know, active listening mode and you have to, you know, stop yourself from going into those, the list of, of roadblocks. Um, you know, they, they, they're well-intentioned. It's, it's human nature. Um, but we have to keep yeah, working at yeah. that. Exactly. And I think about that in, in this sort of visual way. Somebody is, and actually this happens, uh, this, this, this is not just a visual. It happens, for example, when people, kids are playing sports, you know, and, and parents are watching. So somebody wants to go in a certain way or do a certain thing, you know, maybe they're playing soccer and they're, you know, dribbling or basketball. And of course, they're in that moment. They need to decide. I mean, they, 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 they're dealing with that situation of, you know, how to maneuver the ball and, you know, get to the uh, you know, place that they need to go or pass it and, you know, make all of those decisions. And here I am standing on the sideline and I'm like, pass it to that one, pass it to that one, you know, do this, do that. It's just, uh, you know, like that, those are ordering, of course. Or why didn't you do this? Why you could have done this? <laughs> or analyzing the situation from the sidelines. And that doesn't help, right? I'm, my intention is to help, but I'm actually just kind of um, derailing that process for uh, the person who's involved in that uh, process. And it's not helpful, right? We can, of course, and now if, if you're out of that situation and there's something that I want to share about how maybe to think about something or some experience that I have, that's a different matter. But in that moment where somebody's uh, in the middle of processing information and emotions and, and, and trying to you know, do something, it's not helpful to jump in with all of these roadblocks. Uh, This actually uh, maybe is a good point to also talk about what happens or what to do. Uh, What are the elements of effective communication when uh, we are having, as parents, we are having a problem, uh, maybe with uh, something that the child is doing or... Um, uh, or something of that sort. And you also brought up this, uh, this is also an experience that I've had, but you also brought up this example of, you know, um, uh, I think your son needing to wake up early and, and so on. Can you tell, tell me a little bit more about that? Yeah. yeah. When, you, when we were talking about this earlier, it, this was perfect because this, is, this was going on this morning. Um, so mm-hmm. typically um, my son wakes himself up. He's 14. He's a freshman in high school and Sets his alarm. So by the time I come out, um, he's already up and doing his thing. So when I came out this morning, I noticed he was not awake. Um, and he had actually sent me a message on my phone in the middle of the night saying, you know, can I please, mm. um, can you please let me sleep in? I woke up in the middle of the night with a horrible migraine. Oh, 
And so he, we've had a cold cough go through the house the past couple of weeks. And so there's been a lot of, you know, he had to miss school for a couple of times because of that. So yeah, my instinct parent is to begin to panic about, okay, he's missing. This is freshman year of high school. These are advanced classes. And so my, my instinct was to be, he's missed a lot of school. Yeah. But I had some time to think about how I wanted to communicate with him. And so had I come at it from a, you know, are you sure you can handle this? Um, Are you sure you're, you know, this isn't going to affect anything, you know, he's, he's fully capable of recognizing. So, um, and in that instance, I was able to confront him and use um, an I statement, which again is, you know, one of the techniques that we use with parent effectiveness training, um, which takes the blame and judgment um, and the you out of it, which is what I would, you know, it's so natural to say, you know, hey, you've missed a lot of school. Um, (laughs) Are you sure you can handle this? Did you hear all the you's, right? right? So I'm already blaming and judging. Um, And by simply (laughs) switching it to, you know, hey, buddy, I'm concerned about the amount of days of school um, that you've had to miss. Um, I'm concerned Mm -hmm. it might interfere with your academics. What do you think about that? Right, Um, right. And I'm still getting my confrontation, my point, um, my concerns addressed um, without judgment um, and giving him the benefit of the doubt. And it opens up for conversation. Right. That's right. It's not my problem. Does it affect me? I mean, yes, in the sense that if he misses too many days, then I'll get a call from the school, but we're not near that. So, um, you know, we tend to move 20 steps forward. Um, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I just needed to stay in the moment and recognize he is a pretty good judge of himself. And if in the past, he has shown me that if he needs help, he tells me so. Why would this be any different? That's right. That's right. Yeah. And and, and I like how, you know, you're still describing what mm-hmm. is potentially a problem or maybe a concern that you have. So, but it's very factual. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, you've missed these number of days, uh, you know, and there have been circumstances for that uh, around that. Um, and here mm-hmm. is my concern. And, you know, what do you think? Right. So, so that is a much more level, um, you know, scales for for communication right so it's not the other person is not hearing all these you messages or blaming or ordering or you know moralizing or you know all sorts of things mm-hmm. that are uh communication roadblocks and mm-hmm. you also get to express yourself express what you know in this case is your concern or, or thoughts um and uh, and and that is a very effective way of doing it right so you don't get um, stuck in bogged down in in the mud of all the roadblocks um, and your point gets across. And I, and I think of it as, you know, you want, and, and even if you were having a, you know, a more serious problem, maybe, um, you know, uh, we can all imagine all sorts of uh, situations where uh, there's a problem, there's, you know, things left behind that you need to clean up that was not, you know, that you were not planning to do or, you know, all sorts of things. You can still stick with the facts uh, state the problem, state your own feelings, and and that way you don't get stuck in the roadblocks, and this is much more effective. Yeah. And I think of it as, you know, you want to be assertive, but not aggressive, right? You don't want to come Thanks. off with all of these, 
you know, sometimes they're so so you can change that uh, posture of not being aggressive, but still the words need to match what what you're experiencing and what you want to say. Sure, sure. Yeah, self disclosure is really a huge part of effective parenting, um, and it's hard because it 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 requires us to really um, evaluate the situation, um, you know, uh, and really figure out where, uh, first of all, who owns this problem, right? Exactly. Am I involved in this problem or do I just need to be, you know, present to help my child go through the steps of solving the problem? Um, That's right. And, you know, how that's just figuring out, you know, who owns the problem Mm -hmm. um, is important because then that will lead you to the effective skills to get through that particular uh, situation or problem that you're that you're dealing with. That's right, and and that's a very important thing. You know, I, I this is probably one of the first things that kind of struck me as very important. Uh, the question: Who owns the problem? And of course, you know, it's it's a you know the answer to that question might evolve over time because you know what I learn and what I understand uh, about myself, about my child, about you know really the situations that we experience. But uh, having that question in mind is very important because in all of these situations, whether you're trying to help the child who's having a problem or you're trying to express your own problem and and find a solution, uh, it's important to stay sort of in your own lane, right? If you jump over to the other lane and start taking over the other person's problem or you know, try to bring them over to your lane so that they <laughs> solve your problem. That that doesn't really work, right? Uh, that's where lots of things get crossed and and um, you know it, it creates situations that are not um, that 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 are not effective for solving problems. But also they they create a lot of resentment. They sort of damage the relationship. And if we avoid all of that right. and instead use um, these elements of effective communication, uh, it's much uh, better. And and you can build trust in the process of solving problems. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. All right. So I think maybe uh, this this is a good place to stop for this episode. Um, oh. Did you have something to add? No, no. I just you know I could go on and on and on and talk about yeah. this because it, you know I'm I'm passionate about um, effective parenting and and so much of that is how we respond to our kids. Indeed, indeed. Yeah, there's a long, uh, we can go on and on, as you said. And uh, yeah. it's, it's really, it's fun to go on sometimes. Um, and, it, you know, there's a lot of situations that we can think of. And um, so I want to also encourage our uh, audience to maybe send us questions that they have that we can we can discuss uh, in future episodes. Absolutely. All right. See you next time. Thank you for listening to Ace Parenting Together, authentic, connected, and empathic. We're working to bring you content on best parenting practices that's worth your time and adds not to the noise, but to the signal. Let us know what you want to hear on this podcast. All questions about parenting and thinking through real-life situations are welcome. See you next time.